Welcome to the Green Edge Podcast with Michael Cross and me, Fraser Harper. This is our weekly update for the week ending 30th of June 2023. The Anthropocene Epoch is an unofficial unit of geological time, often used to describe the most recent period in Earth's history when human activity started to have a significant impact on the planet's climate and ecosystems. Now, while the trees that eventually formed the coal we burn today were laid down in the Earth's crust something like 300 million years ago, and the marine life we find in most of the oil deposits were formed in the Mesozoic Age up to about 66 million years ago, some sources reckon that the Anthropocene Epoch started perhaps around 1950. And in our post this week, we speculate whether future geologists and paleontologists perhaps from another species or world, will look at the Anthropocene fossil record and conclude that fossil fuel man eventually came to his senses and left his little epoch in decent shape after all. But Michael, this is all about transition, isn't it? It is. Multiple transitions going on at the moment. We'll come on to your fossil fuel transition in a second, but just other transitions. The green one, obviously, is one about energy, but we also have a digital transition going on. We also have a transition in relation to automation, be that back of office and within the factory, as it were. And also we have a trade transition because of that event in 2016, which also affected the flow of peoples. Now, all of these intermingle and impact how we try and grapple with our core topic, which is the move to net zero and a greener, more sustainable future. Now, as an aside in this week's post, we talk about renewable energy. But renewable energy isn't a new thing, is it? It might be that our ability to convert small parts of the huge amounts of natural energy washing over the earth into electricity is relatively new. But people have been using these forces for mechanical power and heat for thousands of years. You're right. And therefore, the fossil fuel blip and the real growth of use of coal initially, displacing charcoal and wood, and then on into oil, has been going on since 1770. And it looks like by 2050 will be out the other end. So in terms of the history of man, 280 years worth, it almost won't show on the clock of man being on the planet, let alone the planet existing. So it's quite an interesting phase, um, but we need to do more and more quickly. Now, the real point of the post this week is about the extent to which governments should set policy to manage their transitions, green, digital and otherwise. And there are quite a few clues around that the government should be looking at here. Yes, what we've tried to suggest is that there are a number of indicators that could be used to try and forecast, shape policy that of those skills and occupations, because of their nature, their strategic importance, the scale, the lack of market forces that will fund their development, where the government should actually intervene. And we've listed out just six. And we think you could probably collate that data to end up with a bit of a matrix and then highlight the six, eight, ten core skills that flows from that. In interesting to see what people comment on that. And yes, you could add to the list, but we think six would be sufficient to develop some decent filters and matrices. We also include an interesting map from the Green Alliance. We do, because place is very important. We have new places emerging around the green economy that are harnessing either offshore wind, seeking to carbon capture. They're also seeking to produce hydrogen and possibly store it through ammonia. 
but also a number of these locations around the nature of skill is where you can pool demand and therefore focus the development of that skill, be it in a college, a university or a workplace. And in some urban areas, that is relatively easy. If you take London, moving people around London to really feed large numbers into half a dozen colleges is quite simple. Move into a rural area, and that is far more problematic. If you move into parts of Lincolnshire, where there might be some real potential offshore, or parts of Norfolk and Suffolk, or we move up into Scotland, those issues are quite different. And therefore, how do you get those courses off the ground to support the industries which are, are emerging and will emerge into the future? And a reminder that you can find this week's post on greenedge.substack.com. And you can also find this podcast on all the major streaming platforms, including Apple, Google and Amazon. Now, for those of you who followed our post and podcast last week, you'll know that we've just started a fairly chunky piece of work with City and Guilds to define its new Green Skills and Qualifications Roadmap. And what City and Guilds have asked us to do over the next few months is to build a series of podcast episodes for them, which they will broadcast across the City and Guilds ecosystem, and we will reflect back here onto the Green Edge. So starting with the global and national pictures, we're going to be working our way through the Green Skills market, the growing number of Green Skills frameworks, the Green Skills roadmaps for critical sectors like the built environment, energy, transport and manufacturing, and the skills we'll all need in our everyday lives in a net zero world. Along the way, we'll be exploring the skills needs of the circular economy and emerging technologies like CCUS and hydrogen. And we're inviting our subscribers to contact us if they feel they have a contribution to make to the discussion by email at the Green Edge email address you'll find in our posts. And we'd like to take the opportunity to thank the people that have contacted us so far. We've logged your contacts and we'll get back to you over the next few weeks on that. But Michael, the Green Skills qualification landscape is pretty fragmented right now, isn't it? It is. Um, it ranges from short courses accredited or not accredited by professional bodies through to fairly chunky master's programs with dissertations, most universities. We also have a level of degrees, which virtually every university has an environmental or sustainability degree. Now, between those short courses and those degrees, we have a huge range of qualifications. You mentioned our friends at City and Guilds. They currently have listed 5,915 qualifications in total, of which currently 1,572 are currently on offer. About 500 of those are in what I would call the environmental space, and that's where environment hits the land. Horticulture, agriculture, forestry, animal care and conservation. Just that area alone. They're obviously a major player in that area. Bring ourselves down to a technology like retrofit, there are only 16 listed qualifications relevant, provided by three or four bodies. It would be lovely to tidy that up and actually have a range of qualifications for all our green sectors and greening sectors and have progression across all those qualifications to allow people to build a future modern career from both entry right through to level seven and level eight. Like building a big Lego model, isn't it? It is, brick by brick. And if you can do it in micro-credentials and a mix of online and also in classroom and through experience 
and accrediting prior learning, it'd be even better. I used to love playing with my Lego. Well, Michael, it's end of the month coming up and it's reports roundup time again. And uh, so many reports this month, we're having to split it into two posts. Yes, we've been busy reading. I think we must have at least 70 listed this month. I'll pick out two and I might sneak in a third. One is by Engineering UK, working with Lightcast. And they did an analysis looking at green jobs. They came up with 370 green job titles and 230 green skills. They then looked using those definitions into job postings. And they found, and this is only in engineering, 23,000 green jobs were posted in 2022 and a further 212,000 jobs posted requiring a green skill. Now, that's a ratio of 10 to 1, approximately, between a full-time green job or a job with green skills. And I thought that was a really interesting piece of work. And it'd be fascinating if Ingenuity could pick that up and moving into a skills framework, or you could see that reproduced in other sectors. Next report is a piece of work done by PwC, and they were looking at the energy transition and jobs and the highlight for us in this was the high level of transferability between fossil fueled energy and renewable energy. And they highlighted that the individuals concerned might not want to make the move because the pay might and conditions might not be right, but certainly the skill sets were right. And the third one I'll try and sneak in will be in our, not this month, but the next month's listing is in the European Union report called the heat pump wave opportunities and challenges. And it really is a lovely European view of heat pumps, skill shortages and skills demand. And the vast change from the current level of heat pump installations, around 2 million, to about 7 million per year. And that requires a jump of 500,000 people ready and skilled to install heat pumps. We've got exactly the same challenge here in this country, except it's much smaller. And certainly there are lots of places to learn across Europe as they how they're tackling this challenge. The European Union is clearly working together and hopefully we can learn from that, if not join in with it. Thank you for listening to this Green Edge podcast. This podcast series accompanies the Green Edge newsletter to which you can subscribe at greenedge.substack.com. The Green Edge is produced by Blue Mirror Insights.